Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we're talking about conversational commerce. What is it? How to form a strategy, how to execute on that strategy, and really how to make this count as we prepare for holiday, post-holiday, next year, all of these important events. How do we use conversational commerce to form better customer relationships, to increase sales, and to grow the business? Hey, Brett Curry here. I've got an important question for you. Where will your next big idea come from? Where will your next big breakthrough come from? Or where will your next little tweak or little improvement come from? Have a suggestion. Check out our guides and resources at omgcommerce.com. Are you looking to enhance your YouTube ads game? We have two of the best YouTube ad resources that are completely free. Our YouTube ad examples and templates guide and our guide to getting authentic video customer testimonials. But it doesn't stop there. We also have guides on how to maximize sponsor brand video on Amazon and Amazon DSP and Google Shopping and a variety of other things. So get these free guides, give them to your team, even share them with your agency. Just take advantage of these resources and up your game. Let OMG Commerce help. And now back to the show. I am bringing on the show today an expert in this topic, and he's with a company that is really leading the way and innovating in a lot of ways around conversational commerce. I'm talking to Phil Raro. He's the uh, exec for partnership and business development at Gorgeous. And so with that, Phil, man, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much, Brett. I'm pretty excited about uh helping brands uh, use conversational commerce in order to grow their sales. That's really the bottom line of it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to talk about this. This is not one of the areas of e-commerce that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, but it is growing. It's extremely important. And so I know that the topic we're going to talk about today will, will really help our listeners out. Now, I was first introduced to Gorgeous, I believe, a few years ago. I was at Seller Summit. My buddy, Steve Chu... Uh, runs yeah. out of it. You guys were there. You're maybe speaking there. I know you were exhibiting. Yeah. I thought the name was cool, you know. So that, that's I think how I first got introduced. And man, you guys have just been blowing up. I'm I'm hearing about you. Like you know, I'm part of several e-commerce groups on Facebook. People are talking about you. So you guys are really you've really made a splash on the e-commerce scene. Which, which yeah. I want to applaud. Thanks you for, that. for that. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. we we came a long way since we first met. Then uh, two years ago at Seller Summit, it was a different uh, level of company back then. But like a lot of things in the Shopify ecosystem, it moves really fast. Man, that is so true. Everything in this in this uh, everything in this industry moves fast. But yeah, the, the Shopify ecosystem it, it moves about like their stock price has. Moved, right? <laughs> it's like three years well, ago the stock was nothing, and now it's like blow your mind. Uh, the yeah, type of yeah. Growth and we're September 4th when we're recording this. They, they, they're they down 10% today. I'm sure yeah. they're going to bounce back tomorrow, but I'm not moving fast, like 10%. Right, right, right. So yeah, and who knows, by the time this comes out, who knows what the stock will look like. But it's been a crazy ride yep. over the last several months and crazy growth over the last several years for sure. So let's do this, Phil. Let's dive in and then let's just explain, because I think once we break down the components, people will be like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about some of those things. But maybe this idea of conversational commerce, maybe a new concept for people, so, so first of all, what is conversational commerce? Yeah, so conversational commerce is really about like helping uh, buyers make their decision uh, through one-on-one real-time interactions. It follows your marketing strategy. So where are you going today to engage with potential buyers? And then it's really about having those communication channels behind those marketing channels open for your clients to get in touch with uh, your team. And at the same time, like your team needs to be hyper-receptive with different types of messaging, depending on where the clients are interacting. Great. I love that. And so if you think about some of your marketing efforts, some of your advertising efforts, so as you know, we do a lot with, with YouTube and Google ads and, and Amazon ads, you know, some of those, those efforts, they're one to many, right? We're trying to reach an audience or a group of people or a list of people. And certainly, you know, we want to segment and make those messages as relevant as possible and want those messages to feel like it's one-on-one communication almost. 
but it's not, right? It's, it's advertising. It's not one-on-one. And so conversational commerce, that truly is that one-on-one conversation. So, so talk about, I know this is kind of a multi-channel endeavor. What are some of the channels where we're engaging with our customers one-on-one? Right. So, well, you mentioned like Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. Those are all great channels where you can, uh, where you must have uh, that part of your conversational commerce strategy. So like, are you like, you're generating, uh, you're creating ads that are very engaging and people start commenting on it. And there's like common, uh, common uh, team that are coming back in those comments. How are you engaging there? with them? How are you helping your customers on your ads make the decision to purchase your product or or replying at scale? And so it's really about, yeah, breaking down that one-to-many channel and like bringing it into a one-to-one channel when there is an intent from the the customer. So like you're making an ad, somebody replies or a hundred people replies, but so then you need to transform like the messaging that was creating, like the message that was creating from that ad by the customer into a conversation. Like you're you're doing, let's say, a chat campaign. So somebody is on your website on a specific product and you're like, hey, I see you're looking at those woman shoes. Like those shoes are great and usually women go half a size up. Let me know if I can help you making a, like choosing the right pair for you. So this message will be sent to a thousand people uh, potentially on a day on your bestseller page. But then people start interacting with different uh, with different questions or, but there are a team again. So it's really about like being ready at yeah. scale to create those personalized uh, interactions. I, I love that. So, and actually I want to, I want to circle back to the, the interactions on Facebook and Instagram ads in just a second, but to, to use the example you just gave, you know, so, so I think we're, we're all seeing this more and more, even our agency uses chat on the website, you know, to, to interact with someone as they're there. But I think having that specific example, like you talked about, where you know, if someone is on the women's shoe category on your your apparel store, and you you could pop in with a message saying, "Hey, glad you're here shopping around. Welcome. Just a heads up: most of the brand or most of the the sizes are you know they run a half size, small or large, whatever the case may be. Uh, let me know if I can be of any assistance." Like having that specific of a feedback. Um, really, I think it helps with engagement and helps people want to talk. And it's kind of, you know, anytime I think conversational commerce, I think retail store or, or, or trade show or out in the marketplace, you know, where, where the seller and the consumer are interacting and they're having a, a little dialogue, but it's a useful dialogue. And that's one of those things where, you know, you come into a physical brick and mortar store and the, and the, and the, the shopkeeper, and that's an old term, obviously, but the, you know, sales associate or whatever is like, Hey, uh, anything I can help you with? No, 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 that's fine. I'm just looking around. But if they see you're looking at something and you say, hey, just so you're checking that out, great. Couple, just a couple things to keep in mind as you look at it. That probably will spark a question, right? So that, that specific interaction is really cool. Um, I- anything you can share on that, like how to make online chat better? And are you advising people to, to lead with specific questions like that example you just gave? Yeah, absolutely. So just to reinforce what you said, like, Six months ago, COVID hits big time. And then like a lot of people get worried, like retail stores get shut down and so on. Retailers go online like as fast as possible. Like so many of our clients and like we onboarded well over a thousand clients in the first like three months of, of COVID. Dude, yeah, that was like, crazy. that was nuts. <laughs> but so many of those conversations were about like, hey, my retail store is like closing. Yep. I need to go yep. online and provide better like, we're like, yes, it's all some conversational commerce, like at the core, philosophically what it is, it's about, you know, giving back that like ex- retail-like experience uh, to your online uh, shop. That's really what it is. It's like, as you said, you're walking through the store. Hey, welcome. Uh, just if you're wondering in that section there, there is a, like in that corner, there is like a, a sale on the woman dresses. And then you're, you're leaving that person alone, right? And then the person walks toward, let's say, that section is like, oh, now I see you're in the woman uh, dress. Like here, this model I like, could fit you well, but like, let me know if you have any questions. Oh yeah, and I have a question, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're walking to the cash, the cashier, and you're like, hey, have you found everything you were looking for today? Like just that question. And so now let's 
those three questions, right? You're walking in the store, you're looking at a specific question, uh, a specific story section, and then you're checking out. Those are three like key moments in the retail experience. Now bring yeah. this online with your chat in your store, homepage, collection or product page, and cart page. I, I love this so much because, you know, and I'll use, you know, use an offline example. You know, you walk into Walmart and, and especially you walk into Walmart, like anytime around the time we're recording this during lockdowns, after lockdowns, you know, it's pure, pure chaos. It's not, it's not a bad shopping experience. Uh, but usually you see a, a Walmart associate. They're not like eager to help you, right? They may not make eye contact because they don't want you to stop them and stuff. Like if you ask them a question, they may be like, yeah, you know, the milk is back in the back or whatever. Yeah. Versus uh, one of my favorite local shops here where I live in Springfield, Missouri. It's an outdoor home store. So they sell outdoor furniture, but they also sell barbecue grills and like barbecue grill accessories. And you walk in there and they really want to help you, educate you, take care of you. You walk to a certain section of outdoor furniture. They can tell you exactly how that furniture is made and what it does and why it's unique. And, and they're passionate about outdoor furniture or I love, I'm, I'm, I love to grill. And so uh, I used to call uh, Greg, one of the, the, uh, uh, the GM there, like my, my uh, grilling Yoda because he was like always teaching me stuff about grilling. But like those people, you know, you interact with that and that creates a competitive advantage. They're priced higher than most of the people, other places you could buy. But I still like going there because they, they help you out. And I think this is a competitive advantage that you can create on your store that other big e-commerce stores or other small e-commerce stores are not going to do. And it greatly enhances the shopping experience, but it also increases the AOV, uh, create, you know, enhances your, improves your conversion rate. All those things it really helps with. Uh, so it's super important. Um, so I want to, I want to talk about the, those three areas you, you mentioned. So homepage chat, category page chat, and then uh, cart or checkout process. Where do you recommend people start and, and any, any specific tips in e each of those three areas? Yeah. So we already started going pretty much like in the tactical stuff. Yep. Like, but, but you, what you just said again, like, and we didn't uh, rehearse, but what you just said is exactly the mindset that you need to have when you're creating your chat campaigns on your uh, site and the, the competitive advantage at the end of the day, like your DTC brand versus Amazon, that's like your mom and pop shop versus Walmart on main street. So it's exactly the same thing. So why would people go to you instead of going to Amazon? Because of like that service, that like awareness, that focus on a specific type of product. But yeah, so now let's let's go into a little bit more tactical. So a homepage. And just like when you're walking into that like owner operated retail shop, like place yourself in the shoe of that guy. You're the best employee at the shop and somebody walks in through the front door of your store. What do you tell that person? It's as simple as that. Like, so that sentence that you would tell that person in your retail store, you want to bring this in your chat campaign. So it's really easy. And there are several tools. Obviously, Gorgeous does it, but there's other uh, chat widget that can do it as well. And it's really okay. Homepage, you just put in your URL, you decide to put a search and timer on it, and then you have a specific message for that uh, for that page, which would be the message that you would tell somebody that walks in your retail store. And if you're the best employee that store has on his best day, so like <laughs> put those two together, write this message once and you're going to be sending it automatically to like several thousand people over the next uh, several days, depending on your traffic, obviously. So then move on to the collection page or the, the, the product page. So you have like how many bestsellers do you have on your store? three, five, take those three bestsellers and take like the, what are the main friction for buying this product from you? So we started this episode with the woman's shoes and we, what's the main friction for purchasing shoes online? It's obviously sizing. So what do you want to do? You want to position yourself as the professional that knows everything about like shoe sizes and uh, you want to have that objection-busting statement in your chat campaign. So you're like, hey, I'm your, like, yeah, I'm, I'm Phil, the shoe consultant uh, for this store. And usually, I see the model you're looking at. Like, usually women go half a size up or down on that model. 
but just to reassure them that like if they do this they're gonna get the right size and and then you're like let me know if i can help you with anything else or like if it's something else like you're selling like letter or full letter or whatever you're just like hey this this one is made from cruelty like letter uh, cruelty free uh letter or something like what type of so what are the main objections for people not purchasing this specific product and yes it needs to be in the ui of your page obviously but the chat campaign is a great way to create a message that sounds like a human uh and that will address that on your best sellers so it takes five seconds five seconds to implement and five minutes to come up with the creative do that times three for your best sellers and go put that on your page and see if you can get more engagement yeah Because it's good to have the, the message, but like at the end of the day, the important thing is there is a reason why we're doing this. It's because we have the data that somebody that engages with your brand, like on chat prior to purchasing, is 30% more likely to purchase than someone who doesn't. Wow. So you want to create those engagement opportunities as much as possible that are very specific and that will encourage people to talk to you. Yep. So you start getting a, a higher and higher percentage of people that engage with you via chat. And each person that does, 30% more likely to convert than those that don't. That's yeah. super powerful. And so then, and I've got another specific question about chat in a minute, but then then on the on the checkout, that you know, in the cart, that yeah. process, what what kind of chat would you have available there? Yeah, so this on the cart checkout it's a little bit more tricky. You want to make sure first before you implement that, especially on the checkout page, that you have your first time response under control. So you really need to be able to manage your chat in a way that's like fast yeah. enough before, uh, before you implement on that page because then it can backfire. If people start asking questions on uh, on the checkout page and you're not there, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. they might not offend the checkout But there are services that, like you can check things like live recover and so on. That's it. these guys are in your checkout. They put the widget and it's like a third party service and they will like put the chat in the widget, uh, put the chat widget on the checkout page and manage and they, they, they guarantee you like a less than 10 second reply time and an increase mm. in conversion rate. So like, so there are even like services that are specialized in this, uh, this type of behavior, but basically like, On the card page, it can be you can you can have different things. Like if people are too long on the card page and they're not moving on, let's say you put the timer like 15 seconds, they're like, hey, like uh, maybe like did you find everything you were looking for today? Uh, by the way, like use free ship for free ship. So it's like this guy yeah. is a little bit like he's hesitating right now. Like yeah. let's yeah. give him like an offer to to nudge him along right? a little bit. Yeah, yeah. nudge him on a little bit, not too much. But like, I think one of the best sentences is really as simple as, did you find everything that you were looking for today? People are so accustomed to hearing that. Yeah. Um, so, and it's so reminding them of their retail experience. Yeah, yeah. So, that's awesome. that's and, and so it simple. totally makes sense in the, in the cart, you don't want to turn that on unless you're able to create a really fast response time. And right. then you'd mentioned the service that's kind of sub 10 seconds. I'm curious, what, what do you recommend? Is that a good benchmark? Should, should you say, if I can't respond or if there's not someone that can respond to chat live within 10 seconds, then I shouldn't have it on at all? Or can you just kind of automate what's on other pages? What, what, speak about that just a little bit. Yeah, so I think then it, that speaks to the overall structure of your customer service department. Though. Because like... And, and conversational commerce is really like the third step and, and chat is the third step in the roadmap to make mm -hmm. your customer service great. First of all, you need to like optimize and automate as much as possible. So they, so there are tools like Gorgeous obviously is a great one. There's a couple other that can do uh, a decent job at using your CMS or so Shopify Magento data points uh, to reply automatically to clients in certain circumstances. So somebody asking you, where is my order by email or by chat or whatever the channel is, by the center, you should be able to provide them pretty much in an automated way. Their tracking number, tracking URL, uh, and when their date shipped out and stuff like that. So where is my order? If it, uh, you know, if it shipped, then you can have a specific reply. If it didn't ship, you can have a specific reply. And, and those you can determine 
what people are talking about now by machine learning. And that's a setting that takes like 10 seconds to set up. But it just like, if you don't want to bloat your organization, it's kind of the first step is like, you want to make sure that those three top requests that you get all the time, where's my order? Can I, I return or, or refund this? And, and you want to make sure that this is like optimized, that part of it is automated. And other than that, that you have like all the account responses that include all the data from your CMS, like ready for your team to fire in one click. Somebody asking you something, boom, two clicks, your first response should be like really easy to get. So that will like unclutter a little bit like your, your email support channel and, and things like that. And then after that, you can open up the, the other channels. So social definitely first is the next one after. Once you get control of your emails, you want to make sure that you're monitoring everything that's going on on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, and then, like you, you want to open up like most likely a SMS marketing service. So you want to implement some SMS mark SMS marketing tool like Attentive is a great one. SMS Bump, Postscript, uh, Emotive, uh, all of these tools. You want to pick one and you want to implement it in your business. And you want to be on the receiving end of those messages that are a little bit less time sensitive. But like you're going to implement like an embedding cart campaign by SMS. Like if people reply and they're like, oh, I didn't purchase because of this reason. Well, you want to make sure you get that message and that you have somebody to reply to that SMS. So that's like, that's the second step of like achieving like great customers. And the next step, then once you have like automated and opened all your channels, then you go on to your chat. Got it. That's well, kind of like the three yeah. steps to approach to a, Cool. Doing it, yeah, it's really good. So we kind of we kind of dug in, we dug deep into step three right out of the gate because I was so eager to ask questions about some of those things. So let's kind of back it up a little bit. Let's talk about you know some of the social channels and and working on that, and then and then going from there. So you mentioned you know Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube ads. What's really cool about Facebook and Instagram ads is it, it is viewed as a conversation for a lot of people, and a lot of people will chime in and may leave comments. Some of them are not. So pleasant comments, unfortunately, yeah. but, but at least gives you an opportunity to engage with that customer, that prospect, and have it, and, and talk about it. I will mention that with YouTube ads, you know, we mainly run the pre-roll YouTube ads called TrueView. There's not a lot of opportunities to to comment on on those while they're an ad, um, but certainly you can with organic videos and and in other ways on on YouTube. But what what are some specific recommendations you would give on? how to engage in those conversations on social media and then, you know, why, why and how tools make that easier? Yeah. Well, great question there. Like there's so much money to, uh, that is left on the table on social media comments. Uh, because I guess like most of the time it becomes overwhelming really quickly when you scale. So, and this is where you can unlock, if you find the key, you can unlock the most potential. So let's say you're spending like over a thousand dollars a day on Facebook. You're definitely generating a fair amount of comment. Uh, and then if you go beyond that, well, it's exponentially more. But then it's like, how do you how do you stay on top of the what is important versus the noise? So like somebody that is trashing your brand or giving you love, like how do you stay on top of these ones versus like having to filter out to um, all the, like just people tagging their friends or having like semi private conversations and just like, that is not really necessary for the brand to get involved in. Right. So there's really three topics or three things that are important for the brand to uh, monitor on their social media. First is like, yeah, people giving you love online. So if they're saying, I need this, I want this, I love this, this is amazing. And tagging their friend. These people are like, I would say they're showing a pretty heavy like purchase intent right there. So you want to make sure that you, you segregate or that you can isolate this and we'll get back to how to do it in one second. The second, the second block is the people, you're the detractors. Oh, like, yeah, this, this ad, it shouldn't be shown or this product is crap or I never got my order and like, fuck this company. Sorry, I didn't say that. That's okay. uh, yeah. yeah. So then this, you want to isolate that as well. And the third one is people asking questions like, oh, yeah, but do you ship there? How much is it? Um, like, do you have XYZ color available? So there's really three buckets, positive comments, negative and questions. And all the rest you want to just like leave aside and not even look at it. 
So again, what we're doing with the leading brands right now is that we're using machine learning to detect those three sentiments. Uh, so we have intents and sentiments that work together. And that's, again, a setting that's pretty easy to, to turn on. It's just like, hey, if it's on social media, Facebook or Instagram, and the sentiment is uh, positive, tag as a social lead for your team to look as a priority. Then if it's negative, tag as a negative. And if, it's a, if the intent is asking a question, then like, tag as a social question. And then close automatically all the other comments on your, your thing. So when like your brands are scaling like, deep, then like they can really keep an eye on what's important without having to shuffle through their Facebook backend. Because I don't know if you ever like look into an account that's scaling and try to like monitor the, the Facebook. And there is no way you can do it from Facebook uh, ads uh, manager in the backend. It's yeah, like, I could totally see it. And I don't, I don't manage Facebook ads, but I could, I could totally see it. You got lots of ad sets going and you got tens of thousands of spend in, you know, per day, it just would become a nightmare. And what's interesting about those three categories, someone who's a good sales lead, a detractor, someone just asking a question, is it's possible you may have three different team members or three different people to respond to those, right? Here's the, the sales team takes the lead, right? Yeah. The technical expert takes the question and then, you know, whoever's, you know, a ninja at deflecting <laughs> criticism or... or Just clicks hide. The ninja at <laughs> criticism hide. <laughs> never happened. Yeah, exactly. yeah that never existed. Uh, so whatever, but it could be three different people. It could be the same person, but uh, that's super cool. So, and, and really, I mean, that that's that's advanced, right? You, you, the machine learning is is super smart, but like that's that's relatively easy for a machine learning program to to be good at that and to 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 get comments segmented in those three areas, so you can just focus all your attention there. And yeah, what a beautiful thing to not have to do that in the interface in the Facebook. Interface. It's a blessing to be honest. Like anybody that like needs to manage the right now customer service through like Facebook uh, backend and they're scaling. I mean, they know like they're, they're having an army of VA like doing it. Yep. It's like, and they're stepping on one another. So it's disorganized. Yep. Like it's pretty, it's pretty messy out there if you don't use a, a proper tool for that. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. And so then uh, what, what other, so that that's kind of the first step. What was, what was step number two? You kind of highlighted that a minute ago, but let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah. In the same way, like, in the same vein as the, um, as a social media comment, like SMS has been the hottest channel of the last uh, 36 months, uh, like no, maybe 24 months, almost two years now that it became really, really hot. Like it started picking up steam, like at the beginning of 2019. Um, so that's, that's really a fantastic channel because the first thing that you open up is the abandoned card sequence. That's like, that's the easiest. It's plug and play almost for most tools. And then you're starting and you're just like retargeting your abandoned card by SMS. That's great. And because that channel is so personal, like if you look at the replies that people like send to an SMS, it's, they're going to tell you, unlike any post-purchase survey that you'll ever do, like why they didn't purchase the product. Yep. It's like, they're going to be like, oh, Oh yeah, thanks for the the reminder. Like, uh, I didn't buy because like you didn't have the color I was looking for, I or that the product was uh, like out of or something happened, or like I was looking actually for another product, or I didn't get my paycheck this week, or whatever is the the reason. They will tell you. So like, and uh, so you don't like you just go in and you modify a little bit the script that comes out of the box in those SMS tools, and you make it a little bit more personal. You're like, hey. I'm Jay, like the founder of this company. I saw you were on your website. You didn't complete your purchase. Is there anything I can do to, to help you? Like you do that as your first, instead of like, as your first mission, instead of your blanket, like here's 10% off yeah, on your purchase. Exactly. And, and like that will change completely. Like if you do it at scale, you're going to see a difference. Yeah. So, I love that because you know, what's beautiful about uh, SMS marketing and you're so right. Like, Texting has been around a long, long time, right? Like pre-iPhone and stuff. Yep. But but it's just now become a, a really in vogue marketing channel and it's very, very powerful. It does cut through the clutter. I mean, if you get a text on your phone, you're going to look at that text, right? I get yeah. a text, I'm, I'm going to look at it. So, so it's going to cut through the clutter. Uh, it can be highly personal, but that's a double-edged sword, right? It's also one of those things where if I get a spam email, like whatever, I ignore it or I've got you know spam blockers, but I get spam text, 
I'm kind of upset. Like that, that yeah. you, you, this is very personal. It's like you're showing up on my doorstep at dinner time. Yeah, don't show up in my inbox with a shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, but, so a message, a message like, oh, hey, here, save 10%. Well, why are you doing that? Um, I, maybe I don't even want to interact with you. But if you say, hey, I saw you're checking out and you didn't, is there anything I can help you with? Like that, that is a little, that's a little more personal, um, likely a better, a better spot to lead with. Um, you know, before just sending a coupon or a discount. Yeah, it's those little, exactly. Keep the coupon for the second SMS abandoned card. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. like, that's, that's your help. I want to be helpful and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So abandoned cart, um, what else would you recommend on the on the SMS front? Yeah, so I mean, then you, you can go like pretty. So like the biggest challenge in SMS is growing your list, right? That's like, that's the main yeah. thing. Because once you grow your list, like the abandoned cart, that's the most obvious. Then there are some tools now that are starting to do pretty accurate, um, pretty accurate browse abandonment, a little bit like you can do with your Clavio or Omnisend, um, but through SMS. That being said, it's like you need to have the person already opted in your SMS to like be able to fire this campaign. So it's pretty challenging to uh, to do that. Whereas in the checkout process, they put their phone number, and then like you can have like that opt-in, right? So so when you're choosing like your your vendor, like find the one that will give you the best chance at growing your list because that will determine the success of your uh, of your campaigns. So, and then if you can do other flows, but basically the flows are the same that you can do on email, but having the people like up to date is a little bit more complex. Mm-hmm. So like whatever you do with your Clavio, you can at some point replicate in your SMS campaign and you do it in, in that order, right? So you, so first like you'll do your, like your campaign abandonment, welcome flow as a second one, just like, hey, you subscribe, like you're in a welcome flow. And then, like, after that, browse abandonment and, like, post-purchase, like, thank you or whatever. Like, those are, like, kind of the four main ones that usually people will be able to pull off. Great. Love that. So, let's talk a little bit about the post-purchase side of things. What do you recommend there? Uh, what What are some of the best practices or, or, or thought starters on post-purchase? How, how should you interact with customers post-purchase? Yeah. Um, so, I'm, like, I'm a little bit too much of a proponent of uh, automation. So maybe like, I would say like, yeah, automate everything you can, but with contextual answers. Yeah. So if somebody is asking you with like, hey, how can I return this I-10? Like, is the person within the return window? Like, did they purchase in the last like 40 days? And let's say that's your return window or are they outside? If they're outside, maybe you want to reply automatically. It's like, hey, I see you purchased on this date. Um, and that's like outside of a return policy, like, yeah. Uh, like, is there something like, I, I fear like that won't be possible for that item. Is there something else I can help you with? I so like, I'm really a huge proponent of having those messages. Like also like, where's my order? Is the order in transit? Is it delivered or is it not shipped yet? So those three scenarios will have different uh, emails. Like if it's not shipped, it's like, hey, it's not shipped yet. It's in our warehouse. Like, and then you can even put a timer. Let's say it's less than three days and not shipped. Like, sorry, there's just a little bit of backlog now, but then, uh, and it's going to be taken care of. Like, you're going to get a notice really quickly. But if it's not shipped and it's over in three days, it's time to customer service. So it's because there may be something to investigate there, right? Same thing, like, where's my order? Is it like less than seven days and this is your maximum like delivery window? Then if it's less than seven days and it's shipped, give the tracking number, tracking URL, where it's going automatically. Like, hey, I see your order shipped out on this day. Here's your tracking number, tracking URL. If it's outside of your policy, send to customer service. Yep. And so do to investigate a little bit. And then like, I'm like right now we're going into Black Friday. Uh, so it's again, like get your offers out. Uh, so, and customer service is a great place to, to put your offers. So find a way to like modify your canned response, add signatures at scale or something with your Black Friday offers. Because what's going to happen during that period is your customer service inquiries are going to go in general in the industry. They go up by 80%. So our baseline last Black Friday was a million message sent uh, uh, by Gorgias per day. And and that was before Black Friday. And during Black Friday, it was 1.8 million. And then we we matched, like we checked the data from the previous year. And it's also an 80% uh, difference pre-Black Friday to during Black Friday, during Black Friday. So during Black Friday means people probably didn't purchase yet. 
So it's a lot of like still pre-sale type of inquiries. So get your offers and your canned responses and stuff like at scale. So and then what do you can do? Like that's really when you're like kind of achieving the 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 the, the last level of the customer service uh, ladder. If uh, is you can track how much sales your customer service agents are generating. Are they like so? Are they reminded to put like those offers in and to like help really the customer to complete their purchase? And then we can build like well, actually all build. So if you're on Shopify or Magento, we can tell you how much sales are generated from your customer service agents in Borges. So then you can incentivize them like, hey, if you're closing more during Black Friday, you know, I'll I'll give you a bonus. Right. So yeah, and often just tracking it and being able to see it that by itself will usually lead to increased performance, right? So your customer service agents being able to see the numbers themselves, see maybe their colleagues' numbers, knowing that yep. you see the numbers, that all by itself should cause a lift, at least from the right people, or, or maybe cause you to say, yeah, maybe we can do without this customer service representative. And so we'll promote them to their next uh, career outside of our company. Uh, but then you can also incentivize and create contests and other things you know, to really make that go to the next level. And in the the benefit of all of that is it leads to better customer experience and then and then leads to better brand loyalty and growth and and yes, increased sales right now, but also for the long haul, which is which is really exciting. And yeah. so and one thing I want to do, and and this, you know, we could have led with this, but I think this is kind of better to step back and now kind of frame it all with this. Uh, I want to talk about one more concept, and then I want to dig into gorgeous because I wanna I wanna nerd out a little bit on what you guys do. Let's talk about brand voice just for a minute. So really your brand voice should infiltrate everything that we do here, right? Because there's a, just like we talked about, you know, there, there's a right way to do text message marketing, right? You get a text message from one company and you're super grateful and thankful and it furthers a relationship. You get what feels like a spammy, cold, impersonal text from another company and now you're mad. Now you're now it was worse than before you received the message, right? So so how do you talk about brand voice and how do you recommend people, you know, use brand voice to to influence all of these conversations? All right, that's that's a great question. And and you're right. That's like kind of the the, the umbrella that like covers a little bit of everything. It's a brand voice is when you're creating your company, you should be thinking about that from day one. It go, it's like, it's a it's a part of your brand guidelines. You know, your brand guideline has your logo, the, the type of font that yeah, you should your, use. Your colors. The colors, like the CMA, like the, the pen tones and everything. So, and in there, you should have like a brand voice and tone statement, which is like, how like do we want to sound to our customers and how do we want to behave to, toward our customers? Because like, you know, just like you will send your brand guidelines to the agencies that you're working with, your marketing agencies and so on. Well, you always want to, you also want to send them like, how are you, like, how do I need to sound as a brand? That's something that like needs to become standardized. It needs to be authentic, but it needs to be standardized across your organization. So, and, and usually it's really like, uh, it's really about, how and who you want to sound like, and then what you are and what you're not. And then from there, all your messages are going to be unified in that voice and tone, right? So for example, like, I remember like Shopify's brand voice and tone, and that's available on their website. You can just like Google Shopify brand voice, and you will see a document that they share, obviously internally to their staff about how they need to talk to merchants but also that they most likely share to all the agencies that they're working with and so on. And it reads as like Shopify's voice is a reflection of who we are. We should always sound like Shopify. That's very generic. At the same time, some of our aspects of our personality might be uh, more or less ever, and depending on the audience and the context, that's the tone. We want our voice to sound like a business mentor with zero ego. So they're they're there to help. It's the business mentor that's there to help you, and they have no Helpful, knowledgeable, but not arrogant or boastful. Like it's making it about the user, not about Shopify. Exactly. It's especially it's especially not about the the mentor on the other side. It's like mm-hmm. he's there to help, and he knows how he's going to help you. But it's about you as a business owner that's making all the sacrifices and all the bets on like operating that store. This is like what it's about. It's about like helping you succeed. 
Um, so, and actually, and then that's the next step. So you, and you just mentioned it, but like, then there's like three things that they are and they aren't like they're confident, not arrogant. So that's like one thing that they want to be. They're empathetic, not overprotective. And finally, they're transparent, not blunt. So it's like, so they have those three things. It's probably like every customer support agent, like at the Shopify or the gurus that are like on, on the chat. Like they, they all have that, like they built their deck and they're like, you need to be a business mentor with zero ego. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and what's so powerful is, you know, we, we work a lot on the traffic side of, of e-commerce, right? So we're helping craft effective, compelling, on-brand YouTube ads, right? And we're crafting search ads and shopping ads and all these things. And and so, you know, what happens if someone sees a, a really well done ad and they think, man, that's speaking to me. And so I'm interested. I want to check out more about this company. And so they go to a landing page and the landing page speaks to them. Like it's, again, it's in the right brand voice and it's convincing and it's got all the sales points there. And then they interact with one of your agents and it's not on brand, right? Yeah, and it's, exactly. it's like, Ugh. well, so that's what it's really like then at this company kills the whole thing. Um, so it all needs to work together. I love those brand statements that Shopify has. I'm, I'm a huge Shopify fan in, in general, but but super powerful. You need to craft those for your business as well. Share those with with your internal team, your your outsource team. Like they need to uphold that brand voice in all of the conversations. Um, and it makes a big difference. And it's one of those things that I think if you have properly spelled out brand voice components, then it can take someone who would be average or maybe even below average as a customer support person, and it can make them really good, really effective. Um, and without it, you could take someone who would be really good and maybe you know lower them down to mediocre. Yeah, and if you range. didn't, and same thing for agencies. If you didn't figure this out before you're going to reach out for your agencies and then you're, you're, and then you're like keeping one and you're like, well, they didn't get it, right? Do you spell it out for them? Like, is it even yeah. clear in your head yeah. what your brand is supposed to like be? And how do you want them to figure it out? So like, yeah, that's like really step number one when you're launching your brand. Or it's like, and usually it's like, yes, the, the owner or the entrepreneur, like personality, that it's a lot of it. Like bring it on paper and then like share it to people you're working with. That's, a, that's definitely a great place to start. I love it. I love it. Well, Phil, let's talk about gorgeous because, you know, executing, pulling off a lot of the things we talked about um, would either require, you know, piecing together multiple systems or potentially staffing up, which you may want to staff up anyway. But um, talk about what gorgeous does and how you tie all of this together and how you make reporting and you know, dashboards and KPIs clear and, and just, just talk about what you guys do. For sure. So, yeah, gorgeous like today is the number one help desk for e-commerce. So all we specialize in is manage, helping brands, manager, uh, customer support, and across all channels. So we, we just got them all, email, SMS, Facebook, Instagram, chat. So all of this in one place. And then we match all of those communication to the shoppers, to the buyer's profile. So did they per, like we match an SMS or a chat automatically without having to identify it to a Shopify profile or a Magento profile. So then this data is available in one second to the customer service rep that is interacting with your client. And our role is for each agent to become a super agent as efficient as possible so that you don't need to step up infinitely with more agents and that at some time like that, so that each one is um, really empowered with the best technology uh, in order to increase their performance by at least 30% compared to where they are today. So yeah, we're making like okay agents very good in no time. And just like, how do we do that? Little things, right? Like how do you embed, we talk about machine learning already quite a bit on, on this, uh, on this episode, but, like little things like proposing automatically to the agent which response they should give to a client. So if we if a message comes in and it's like, hey, where is my order? And it's not reply automatically. It's like in the queue for the agent to look at. The agent is looking at it. Like we're proposing automatically the canned response that is the most relevant to where is my order to that agent right away when you open the ticket. 
So he sees all the data of the clan on the right side, and then he has like this, it's really hard to describe on a podcast, but sure, then, he, sure. then he sees this response that is already made for him, and it's there, and he just has one click, two click, and it's inputted in that conversation. So it's really about giving agents superpower to help customers on all channels. But And, and then what happens usually is like, you'll be able to, to work with less agents, but those, like, one of them, at least in your team, will become a little bit more like an engineer, if you want, or like a technician. And they will start like working the system rather than like just answering tickets all day. And if you invest just a little bit more time in working in the system rather than like trying to power through tickets, like the exponential gains over time are just really rewarding. And I think that's that's what a lot of our clients understood now is like it doesn't have to be just like a redundant task that is that is like in the back end that doesn't scale well. It can be just like what they do in the marketing at the front end, where like they use the best uh, email tools or the things like that scales really well on the advertisement side, uh, and, and that can do one to many, and they they can replicate those mechanics on the customer service side, and that's what we're helping. Them. So, so giving giving tools to create super agents out of all of your agents, all your customer service reps, tying this all together. You got some automation in place that you're utilizing. And then, and, and like we talked about with, with social, you know, where someone can interact and reply to comments inside your platform rather than the unmanageable Facebook uh, ads interface and ads manager. And, and so then how do you also tie together data and, and dashboards and revealing KPIs? Because all this stuff does have a return, right? There, one, you should do it just because it's the right thing to do to provide good customer service. But you, this is creating a, a business return as well. Talk a little bit about measurement and dashboards. Yeah, for sure. So the, the, there's like the normal traditional KPIs that are tracked like in customer support. So like how fast can you reply? Like how, like how long does it take you to handle an inquiry from the beginning to the end? And what's like the average production, let's say, of a certain uh, agent. So being able to drill down like uh, those like quick first time reply and like uh, time to solve a ticket, that's really where it starts, um, the, the basic of it. And But then where you compare your benchmarks, so a lot of our clients are coming in from other platforms, especially uh, Zendesk, which is a, a large player in the space. Like they, they see that first time reply go from like 20 hours, to like two hours and like a couple of weeks working together. So that's really like the first benchmark of success is like how fast do you reply to your clients? That also determines when like you're kind of ripped for a live chat and go, uh, go get those rewards. So really like giving the tools to hit on that KPI is the first mission. Uh, and, and then beyond that, like we want to transform customer support into a profit center and a profit generator. And the main way that we found to track that today was to tie the agents on the tickets to the sales that are driven after that ticket was answered for that customer. So like measuring sales they, by the agents is the main way that we find to measure how well a team is driving revenue. Because like imagine how that changed the conversation from your customer service team. That usually is just like, oh man, we're so behind. We have like 10,000 tickets to, to track and like we're responding in 24 hours to like coming up. It's like, oh yeah, like now we're like, I like our team generated like $10,000 last week. Yep. Right. So, that, so, so the guy goes, the CEO goes to the CEO is like, oh yeah, that's a, that's cool. Now like we're, we're talking a different type of language. It's like, how do you generate sales for support? and transform support into a profit center, which is like one of our core mission. And uh, we found ways to track that, which is pretty innovative. I love that, Tur turning customer support into a profit center. And I believe if you get that right and take what could be a so-so or an average experience to a great experience with your customers, then that really makes everything else better. You're gonna get more referrals, more word of mouth. Your ads are going to work better. There's going to be better comments on your ads and things like that. Like it's all, it's all going to compound and, and really help improve. So 
Uh, Phil, this has been fantastic. We're up against time a little bit. Uh, really insightful. Really appreciate you taking the time. I'm even more excited now than I was before about conversational commerce and and really just encouraging people to do this the right way. And it's it's worth the investment. It's worth doing. Uh, but I would argue that you probably do need a tool like Gorgeous. And so if someone's listening and they want to check out more about Gorgeous, how can they go about doing that? And, and uh, do you guys have demos, trials, resources? Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, they can just mention the, if ever they want to trial us, they can just mention uh, the podcast and uh, we will provide them with a second month free uh, for, uh, for their account. Awesome. And uh, so we'll special offer. Also, we'll put a link uh, in, uh, in the in the description here that will provide you with that offer right off the bat if you click on it. Awesome. And yeah, check out gorgeous.com. It's, uh, yeah, and hit me up, phil at gorgeous.com if you have any question. I'm happy to help you enable your DTC brand with the conversational commerce. Awesome. Phil, thank you so much, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks for bringing your wisdom and your passion. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear more from you. What would you like to hear more of, less of on the podcast? We would love to to shape the show and mold it to make you happy and to make sure that this is useful. I do recommend you check out Gorgeous. You can check all the show notes at omgcommerce.com. Look at the podcast there. We'll have all the links here. Uh, And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.